In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, I'm Hawk Week editor Matthew Appleby and this is the Hawk Week podcast and today I'm with Harridan Turf's managing director Stuart Ridd-Jones. Now Harridan began as five separate turf businesses serving different parts of the country and now they're a national horticulture grower specialising in turf, wildflower turf, sedum and topsoil. So welcome Stuart, how are you doing? Hi Matthew, yeah many thanks for having me on. No, brilliant, we're good to have you on. Now can you just tell us a bit more about the history of the company and you know what plans you've got coming up? Yeah, so as you were saying that uh, we started as a sort of a number of different regional turf growers, um, Kew Lawns, Turf, Land Stewart's Turf, Spearhead Turf, which um, has been acquired since probably 2007. So the actual uh, business has been ongoing for um, for decades, but um, now they're brought under the sort of Harridan umbrella. So we've got that sort of regional presence, uh, re- regional knowledge, and um, you know, and, and we're sort of now very much a, a single company with a single ethos and a single way of operating. So, um, you know, we, we're a national supplier. We, um, we, we have good coverage. We have great distribution. Um, so that's where 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 we are. Um, I suppose the initial initially we were very much a turf out and out amenity turf grower, but um, since 1999 we've been producing seed and green green roof matting, um, and since 2010 we've been doing wildflower turf. Um, so over that period we've sort of I suppose embraced the. The, the move to more biodiversity, environmental and sustainable issues. And we've been it sort of, I suppose, developing our offerings uh, across the sort of wildflower and the green roof market, as well as our, our core turf range. Brilliant. OK, so uh, what's the market outlook for this year? How is it all looking? I think the, um, the, the market, I think, is... Um, uh, it, it, the year has started quite well for us. Um, I think the sort of the broader market. I think there are some, some probably some head headwinds. I mean, I think the uh, a large part of the overall turf market is is sort of um, the, the amenity 
amenity side, I think with um, house building seems to have sort of uh, been been doing okay for the, the first quarter at least, but I think we are seeing that new house completions um, and house completions generally may be slowing slightly. So I think that um, that may sort of have a, a, a bit of a sort of a, a softening of demand um, over, over the course of this year. Obviously, with higher interest rates, um, general cost of living crisis, I think that um, has probably impacted a bit on, um, I suppose, domestic demand as well with, I suppose, some landscape projects maybe being seen as, as more discretionary spend. Um, so, yes, slightly softer, I think, in general, but I think the long-term um the long-term sort of prospects are, are still very strong based on the, the core fundamentals. Cool. All right, thanks. What, what about the weather this year? How has that been affecting you? Well, the weather, um, I suppose, we, we, if we look back to um, uh, last year's weather, obviously we had the extremes in the summer um, and, and the drought. Um, so that, that definitely has an impact. Obviously, our growing cycle is over a longer period. So um, I think that has definitely had some impact on um, on the market. I mean, we've been fairly resilient um, because we grow across a, a couple of quite distinct locations um, and also grow on a variety of soil types. So we actually, our production is fairly resilient. Um, I think there has been some growers which have struggled with the impact of last year's extremes. Um, but uh, yes, the, the, the the cooler weather um, and the sort of slightly later spring, I think, has been um, interesting. I think it, it definitely has been a slower, um, a slower start to the year. How do you future-proof against climate changes? I mean, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot that we are sort of focused on to make. Um, I suppose production more sustainable and to take uh, and to make it more resilient. I think it is a challenge. I think there is a you know historically there is a number of growers who are predominantly on sand, um, and that uh, does um, have its challenges when we are sort of faced with what what seems to be more extremes in the summer in terms of drought and heat. Um, at Harridan, we are sort of quite. Lucky, we, we grow in the northwest and in Norfolk and East Anglia. Um, so obviously quite different um, from a, a geographic spread there. Um, and we also grow on a number of different soil types, some which are more resilient um, to, to some of those extremes. So I think there's um, definitely, uh, definitely, I suppose, from an agronomic perspective, um, I, I suppose we are all looking at um, introducing Different cultivars, which may be um, uh, which may be more resilient to uh, to drought and um, and temperature. So we, I think there's a number of things, both from a sort of a, a, a design, a sort of species within the mix um, being more resilient, um, but also you know a lot of focus on our growing uh, approach to growing as well. Okay, yeah, I mean, I I, I read about your shade tolerant turf. I guess that fits in with this a bit. And uh, what you, you're doing that, and what what other types of new types of turf are you are you growing? Yeah, so uh, I suppose we're very much focused on what um, the, the demand, what customers are demanding, um, and I think probably the the move um, to smaller gardens. Um, uh, potentially sort of more shaded areas within that 
higher fencing that does create some challenges for sort of um, for, for some turf if it's not getting that much direct sun poor um, circulation of uh, air um, so we we have developed um, a sort of shade tolerant turf species which basically um, can can perform better within a sort of a heavier shade um, so that's definitely one which is actually quite a popular product I think there's probably again people who have put lawns down um, and they have failed because of the heavy shade and they're looking for something which um, which potentially is, is more resilient um, we are also um, investigating and we have sort of we've been trialing um, uh, drought tolerant turf as well using t- tall fescues so again we are sort of constantly sort of trying to bring product to market which meets customer demands okay um what about new technology? I've seen that you've brought in some pretty big kit recently. Yes, I think um, yeah, for, for quite a few years now, the sort of um, the, the, the sort of um, turf, um, at least the the harvest uh, side, has been sort of based on some fairly old technology. There are some newer uh, new technology. So we, we've we've introduced a firefly um, harvester into our mix, which is a uses a slightly different approach. Again, we're we're needing to sort of move, um, uh, look at all options and look at the best technology for um, for our requirements. That is a sort of uses a hybrid, um, quite a lot of electrical um, uh, electric output on that on certain the key aspects of the turf harvest process, um, which reduces fuel use. So again, we're constantly looking at trying to make production more sustainable, lower cost, which uh, we can produce, hopefully. Uh, sort of provide better value to our end customers and uh, and and meet with our environmental uh, goals is there any other new technology on the horizon for you um we are we're always looking at um new technology all of our kits you know in terms of mowing um is all um rtk um satellite guidance uh, sort of to, to 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 cover the ground in the most efficient way um I think there's uh, you know technology involved with irrigation um, and you know, identifying where we can get um, where, where we need to irrigate and where we don't need to irrigate. So again, I think there's across all of agriculture, I think there has been a huge technology boom um, in terms of uh, trying to um, uh, improve the outcome and reduce the input. There's also been a boom in wildflower turf, but recently there was a bit of controversy about plastic in wildflower turf. I just wondered what your take on that is. Yes, I think um, I think the uh, the article was um, was quite focused on on wildflower, but also brought in, I suppose, um, uh, potential use of plastic across the wider sort of amenity turf market market as well. Uh, Absolutely, our, our intention is to try to reduce plastic use um, uh, where at all possible. There are some products where we do have some plastic, which um, is, is more for structural purposes. Um, we grow wildflower turf for both green roof and general landscape um, use. And um, our product is generally uh, a sort of a coir-based backing, backing mat. Um, now, in some of our, our green roof 
um, products. We still have some reinforcement plastic um, and plastic is used in that. But that is, again, a specific, um, it is for a specific purpose and, and there is that requirement from a, from a structural perspective. Do you see that? that go in is the new technology on the horizon to get rid of that maybe yeah absolutely i think um that's everyone's goal is to basically sort of try to reduce that plastic uh, plastic use to a bare minimum so again there's a, a lot of um r d um being being done on trying to find alternatives um which which provide the same same outcome you mentioned green roofs which is another area of growth how much more growth do you see in that sector I mean, I think it's um, it, there is a significant amount of growth uh, in that sector. Uh, it's a big, big sector in the, on the continent. It's also been quite a big, um, you know, quite London centric with various planning rules over a, a number of years. Um, that is getting sort of a, that is broadening out across uh, other parts of the country and just in general sort of um, sort of um, planning and you know customer demands as well. I think there's an increased awareness on. Um, uh, the environment, um, sustainability, and I think um, the green roof market is is um, one which is continued is going to continue to grow. Um, I think we've seen on the continent is a is a much bigger sort of market. We are seeing um, that same process, I suppose, coming in now, and with biodiversity net gain coming into sort of um, into, into law, or you know. Um, later this year again all of these um, green roof wildflowers um, lands- general landscaping again on these sites is a very big thing and 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 is here to stay okay i'm just going to throw one thing into the mix here we've had no mow may right so what's your view on no no mowing you know a big trend in back gardens through the media to to not mow what, what what's your view and i think um yeah from a from a pure out and out turf perspective um do i necessarily agree that that's the best for the lawn i think um as a as a concept i think that's fine i think again it depends on the customers um expectations of of, of what they are what they what they want um i think it's very important that customers look at you know their landscape scheme in in the round um, and if they want a formal lawn then that's uh, one thing which they can have but they should be considering whether there's other areas which can be a bit more natural um, so again I, I i agree with the concept i think the, the 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 concept is right whether it's right for everyone to do it i think that's up to uh, up to the end customer and what they what they're trying to achieve with their particular outside space but I think there is a there is there is a place for it. But again, I would say that there there should be slightly more thought go into the overall planting scheme on on some of these outside spaces. Um, that there is you know longer term sort of wilder areas as well. Okay, so what's the future for the the Great British Lawn? I mean, I think the um, uh, the, the the future with the Great British Lawn. I think there is a there is a big future for it. I think um, as I said earlier. Plot sizes are generally getting smaller, um, and people are looking at zoning their outside space between hard landscaping, soft landscaping, and perhaps some wilder areas. Again, I think um, uh, the, the lawn is going to be a, a fairly significant part of uh, of any outdoor planting scheme. I think um, now and in the in the future. 
Great. Um, now, fairly recently, Haridan announced a partnership with the rural mental health charity, You Are Not Alone. So how has that gone and how important has that been to you? Yes, I think that was in recognition of um, the fact that uh, we're obviously a, a farming group. Um, we employ a lot of people. A lot of our, our main locations are very rural. Um, and, and mental health uh, within within the rural community and in the farming farming community more generally um, is quite a big issue. Um, so it was a, a good opportunity um, for us to sort of, I suppose, highlight um, highlight that to 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 the you know by using our you know we've we've sign written uh, one of our trucks is uh, is is Yana um, sign written again um, is a is an important I think mental health just generally but especially within the rural community is is an issue and we wanted to sort of play our part in highlighting it. Um, uh, amongst our workforce and the wider community. Oh, well, that's a very good positive development. Now, it's been good talking to you, Stuart, and uh, we always end up our Hot Week podcast by asking what your favourite plant is. And I, I, I spoke to you just before this, and we, we, we talked about how it might not be a type of grass. So what is it going to be? Uh, I was, uh, that would have been the obvious choice, wasn't it, given that's a, a, a significant part of our business. But no, I think, um, obviously, we... we do deal with a, a number of wildflowers as well, and um, I think cowslips are uh, a very popular flower within our wildflower mixes. But um, I mean, I suppose my uh, it, it really comes from we have a, a fantastic wildflower meadow uh, close to where I live in uh, Northamptonshire, and every year as we walk past that, you know, it's uh, the display that, uh, that this cowslip meadow gives is just uh, amazing. Cowslip, what a great choice. Well, thanks a lot for that, Stuart. So I've been talking to Stuart Ridge-Jones of Harridan Turf. I'm Hawk Week editor Matthew Appleby, and this has been the Hawk Week podcast. Now, make sure you never miss a Hawk Week podcast. Subscribe to or follow Hawk Week podcasts via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. So once again, thanks to Stuart from Harridan, and goodbye till next time. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.